Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This, This is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. Welcome to the Dog Show. Good afternoon, everybody, or in some cases, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm live on Facebook, live on YouTube, live on Twitter. I'm just alive, feeling alive. Of course, how can you not when it's over 100 degrees outside today? And uh, hopefully everybody has been safe and sound in the land uh, that is the U.S. and beyond, for that matter. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. We are live. Uh, yeah, I wanted to kind of jump into something, and this would probably take up the entire show. Now, most people probably have heard me discuss this time to time in the last eight years in broadcast. I think more importantly, it's really about who, when, how, and why. Thank you, Bill, from uh, checking in from Denver. I certainly appreciate you. And for those that haven't commented, let me know where you're at. Let me know your thoughts on the topic, but I certainly want to get right into it. When we look at the 22 NFL quarterbacks, and there weren't a whole lot from the 22 NFL draft to come aboard, um, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, to name a few, these guys now have expectations on them, leveled on their shoulders to perform to the absolute best of their ability and with good reason. We put a lot of weight on the most highest paid and very coveted position on any given NFL and or NCAA team. Now, when I look at this, and you could put them all in, in, a, in a bucket and send them down the river and say, well, they're all the same. This is who this is. This is who that is. And you can have that conversation. You can talk about it with your friends, your family, whoever that might be. But that's not the case. When we look at who these guys are, we systematically think, well, they're going to be great. Just put them on the field. They'll learn how to throw the ball. Everything's going to be great and wonderful. And, you know, they're just going to learn the game. No, it doesn't happen that way. There are very few people and I'm talking male athletes, uh, specifically quarterbacks in this instance, where they're just going to be able to step on the field and make things happen. Okay, albeit very, again, very few exceptions to that rule. But don't forget, the greats that have come before them were also expected to come out on the field and just perform. That couldn't be even further from the truth because as it pertains to other position players, uh, when you're talking about college being the environment, uh, the rookie year, Uh, In the NFL, all high-level athletes must maintain, and of course, along with the obvious, a high-quality level of football acumen, or better put, football IQ. And you cannot take the route uh, literally, of course, by a quarterback. That means you have to follow the route, and the quarterback's going to throw to that route. But telling these quarterbacks to hold the ball and throw, and the rest will just come to you, isn't exactly what I call a quality start for any rookie in the NFL, any rookie in the NCAA football system. Well, that being said, are the expectations as high for an NFL quarterback than they are for um, an NCAA quarterback in their entry year? Probably not the same plateau. Very different types of feelings, nuances of the game, speed of the game, lots of other variables, and the list just goes on and on and on. But the high-quality level of football needs to be maintained. 
And when you look at the quarterback position, it's just it, it warrants so much more. There's so many things that we can look at and suggest that, well, you know, he's just going to be as good as he was last year. And he's going to be, you know, this guy as we have projected him to be on the field this year. And look at his numbers from last year. Sometimes it doesn't really boil down to numbers. And of course, it's about performance. I get it. But the performance and the amount and types of performances can not only be seen on the football field, but in the community, uh, your locker room, and those that are around you on any given daily basis. And don't forget that there's a whole other side of this that most people either don't want to discuss, don't want to talk about, or simply just don't care, and it's an overlook. And when I look at the position, I think to myself, man, you know, they have to sit in the classroom, did, did it in college. They have to do the work, did it in college, uh, do the math, recognize that, you know, there are guys that are going to do everything they can to disrupt your presence in the pocket. You have to be able to read the defenses. You got to read the, you got to throw it to the right and correct routes. You have to understand the play calls that are coming in and you have to be able to read the defenses. And this is just a few. This is just a handful of things that these guys really have to dig into, not only from the college level, but this starts at Pop Warner. This starts at a very young and tender age. Now, make no mistake about it that this is not a uh, something you just wake up to and realize, you know, I want to be a quarterback of an NFL team. No, it doesn't work that way. These guys train hard, explicitly designed to take the quarterback role, the quarterback position, and make it their own. Make it who they are. Now, sometimes these guys get drafted and a handful of guys, you know, this is not the system for me. We've seen it throughout NFL history. You know, this is not the place for me. Look at, look at Matt Ryan. Plays for the Atlanta Falcons, takes them to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it, but he took them there, um, not just on his shoulders, but they had a very uh, ferocious defense and able to put together uh, a Dan Quinn-led defense, I must say. Uh, obviously the head coach Atlanta Falcons backed up uh, and went to the, uh, actually packed his things up and went to Dallas to be the defensive quarter, which inherently it's what he was good at. But from the standpoint of who Matt Ryan was, was able to read defenses, was able to scramble out of pocket. Not a huge scrambling guy. He does have wheels, but he didn't need to use it because of the system that he was in. Now you could say, you know, maybe I'm a little conformed. Maybe I'm a guy who's going to sit under center not do a whole lot of running because I have the weapons around me. I have the protection up front that's going to allow for me to do what I have to do. Not always the case. Matt Ryan now finds himself in Indianapolis, uh, the heir apparent quarterback. There's no question about that one. I don't even have a question. And you could even dive further and suggest uh, that Matt Ryan could be that guy moving forward and could make a solid fit there in Indianapolis. I agree with that. I think that Matt Ryan is a perfect fit for this Indianapolis uh, Coach Reich system because all the signs are there. All the signs point towards Matt Ryan being able to revitalize his career in Atlanta, uh, excuse me, in Indianapolis, coming from Atlanta. Uh, he no longer has the you know, two-headed monster um, in, in the backfield. You, you, you have Taylor. You have a lot of great weapons. My point is, is that Matt Ryan will now find a way because that's who Matt Ryan is, very competitive guy. You can't be a quarterback without being competitive. That's just the bottom line. You have to be that guy. It has to be a part of who you are. It's innate as a part of your fiber to be as competitive as possible, to do the absolute best that you can. Does it always work? No. 
But for you as an individual, you strive to do your best day in and day out. As a quarterback, that's exactly what they do whenever they touch the field. Now, with that being said, this is Rudy Reyes live on today's California, today's Canada, uh, live on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, minus LinkedIn. I think that might be a feature that would be uh, very warranted here with this, especially in this conversation. When I look at who these guys are, what they're turning into, uh, you know, you have a plethora of quarterbacks who get drafted. I wonder how Pickett's going to do in the Steelers' offense. He's familiar with the system. They, he played in the same stadium that the Steelers played in. Uh, Playing currently, of course, a new name doesn't mean the field's changed because it doesn't. Uh, Accrashers, you know, going to be there for quite some time, but you're going to have a Heinz Field end zone. What that will mean to Kenny Pickett is absolutely nothing. His job and responsibility, it, when and or if he gets the responsibility to be that starting guy, um, is to ultimately be able to read the defenses, understand the checkdowns, know when to throw the ball away, but more importantly, what he means to the team, what he means from being a student of the game, being in the classroom, and having that conversation. And not only that conversation, but many other conversations that would elude you to believe that he's the right guy for the job. That jury's still out. I don't know that he's the right guy for the job. You get the same conversation um, in regards to Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Is he the guy that's going to be moving forward in Tennessee, uh, starting a QB for the Titans? We don't know that yet. That remains to be seen. Uh, where does Malik Willis? Is he, is he week six? Is he going to even have a chance to play in the system? I believe he will. It's going to be past week six, but that's another time for another conversation. But the things, the nuances that these quarterbacks have to contend with is understanding base coverages, exotic looks by would-be pass rushers, edge rushers, reading your wide receivers, getting the ball off to your tight ends uh, in a timely manner, wide receiver in the slot, on the outside, on the left, on the right. You know, this is a, this is a make or break it. For a lot of these guys, <clears throat> I don't mean the veterans, uh, you know, when you look at your Tom Brady, you just added another guy today in Julio Jones, who was catching passes uh, and never had a really solid, you know, good quarterback. He's caught balls from Ryan Tannehill in a limited manner. Uh, he's caught balls from Matt Ryan, obviously, where he started in Atlanta. Uh, but now he gets to catch him from, from the GOAT, Matt, uh, uh, Tom Brady. So I look at this as a revitalization of who Julio Jones is especially in this Tampa offense. Now, they, they, they're going to miss Gronk, sort of. That remains to be seen. But one thing that Tom, what makes Tom Brady great is the fact that he plays with his chip on his shoulder every single game. The unflattering photos, the words that he was told that he's not going to be that guy, that he will never make it in the NFL, that you, you got picked so low, you're fortunate to even be in the game or taking snap under center. This guy is elite for a reason because he carries that chip on his shoulder just like all these other quarterbacks should in one way or another, something they had gone through. Uh, perhaps life situations have put them in such a way and uh, trying to find who they are in life, throughout life. Well, this is where they're at right now. They have the capability and the ability, right, because the best ability is what? Availability. This is what these guys are designated to do is go out there, take command, go under center, and be who they need to be. And I think that you're going to see a lot of turnarounds. Could be some comeback player of the year in regards to quarterbacks throughout these 32 teams. And, of course, a week, uh, weeks of 18 accumulatively throughout the NFL season. 
and make no mistake, they, they have to read checkdowns. They got to, they, they, one thing that quarterbacks tend to do, some of them, not all, but some of them, throw the ball away when you need to. Don't hold on to it. Don't try to make something out of nothing. But more importantly, understand what you need to do with the ball when the ball is in your hands. Be that guy. Be that guy. Get rid of the ball when you need to, and don't focus on everything on anything else. Not the crowd. Tune them out. Uh, and sometimes not players that are talking trash to the line, but but back off of that and just tune them out as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So life comes at you fast in today's NFL, and and I, I take nothing away uh, from where you just simply hand the ball off because ultimately when you do that, that turns your team into more of a one dimensional component uh as far as the rest of the 32 teams and the mechanics that they have to work through the snaps the progressions is it is it a pump fake is it not a pump fake you know there are a lot of nuances in regards to what today's game is like now if anybody's ever heard of george carlin uh he he reminds us that uh football is not like baseball baseball is not like football and one of the things that that i, I recall listening to it is um, he has an utter love for football. And uh, of course I do as well. Hopefully listeners out there, uh, watchers or a combination of those people obviously have a love for the game in of itself. Maybe it have attended a few games. George Carnes taught us that when it comes to a certain point in either one of these games, there always is going to be a designation. You're going to either go home in baseball or you're getting in the end zone as a wide receiver, tight end, running back. Now, there are more dimensions to football, I believe, in, in a variety of ways than baseball. I take nothing away from baseball. It's, uh, it's been a, a great game. I played baseball growing up on a championship baseball team, so I understand what it takes, but it's different in football. Of course, I can't speak to that only from the standpoint of not playing quarterback um, in the NFL and not playing quarterback in, in college. But more importantly, it's, it's about understanding who we are as, as individuals, knowing when to run, knowing when to tuck it, knowing when to throw it away, and live to play another down. And because we find ourselves in such a situation on a daily basis, uh, trying to find out how we can be a better version of ourselves, well, these quarterbacks are certainly a part of that. How can we be better than we were last year? What can we do that much better than we had done before? And I think to myself, you know, and conversely, I, I, I must say that, that you have to put certain things in the right order, the progression, the right order, uh, along with, with the checkdowns and the reads. You have to understand that, that you have to give every ounce of who you are on any given time you're touching the field, Sunday night, Monday night, or even Thursday night by leading your team to win in games uh, where – Others were not even in the know as to how you were actually able to, to make that happen. Well, this isn't a one-person game. This is a one-person sport. This takes more about how exciting you, you enjoy playing the game. If this is all about money for you, then just give it up and call it a day because your, your passion is not in it. Your heart is not in it. And as these guys will probably allude to, that their passion is to play the game as long as they possibly can. Tom Brady, again, another great example, a guy playing in, you know into his mid-40s, who still believes and feels that he has the capabilities of being not just the GOAT, but the ultra GOAT or ultra GOAT, whatever you want to call him, but to continue playing as long as his body, his mind, and his passion for the game still exists. He has nothing to prove to anyone, but a lot of these quarterbacks do. So again, one of those things where you have to put those missing and viable components together. Whatever you're not doing 
or have done in the year prior to the season, prior the time before, you can't get that time back. All you can do as a quarterback is try to get that much better, become better, better version of who you are, better version of the quarterback that you did once see in your rearview mirror now has come full circle. Now you have the capabilities of being the best that you could possibly be at your respective position, regardless of what that is. And when, when I look at this, I think to myself, man, you know, they have horrible combines. Maybe they weren't the right guy for the right position. They were drafted out of order. Um, you know, whatever fandom, you know, thoughts or processes you're currently running through right now thinking, well, maybe they should have drafted this guy or that guy or this guy or that guy. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case. That means that it's the right player for the right system, hopefully, ideally, and not to be picked too low because if a guy drops too low, not to suggest that they're not worthy or they don't belong in that specific order or not belonging in the NFL as, you know, as we've seen other players drop off and Roethlisberger reminds me of a guy who went really, really down far in the draft and didn't know if he was even going to get any better uh, better looks from other teams. And the Steelers took a chance on him and, you know, a two-time Super Bowl winner now of a, maybe a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'd like to think so, but that remains to be seen. In the younger players, and again, with the older guys, kind of one and the same, right? Where they recognize that when it's all about footwork, accuracy, uh, being able to progress and not digress, what's your level of confidence? What is your, your demeanor? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it something you need to look at and look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe I can have better footwork. Maybe it's the accuracy. Maybe it's the reads. Maybe I'm not athletic enough or need to become more athletic in order to compete at the level that I was drafted in. Perhaps the pressure cooker of, of a new contract is weighted on your shoulders and you find a reason to maybe progress. It depends on your mindset, your attitude, your approach to the game, and your love for the games. Your love's not in it, get out of it. It's real simple, basic stuff. And when I look at levels of confidence, your interaction with coworkers, coaches, because you're around them on a daily basis, just like you're around your family on a daily basis, nightly, whatever the case might be, it's about the interaction. It's about the conversation. It's about how you react. And we're not perfect people and neither are they. But rest assured, uh, they have to surround themselves with the right type of talent, as coaching staffs do, as wide receiver coaches do, owners, some of them, not all of them, know when to grab the guy they need to grab. And in some instances, does it exactly work that way? Now, with that being said, as a quality player who shows leadership, and I'm not talking about Kyler Murray, that's another time, another topic for another show, not impressed with his demeanor, not impressed with his lack of leadership, not impressed at all, I digress. And the reason why I do is for the simple standpoint that starters don't grow on trees. But now he'll have every available chance to do just that, not grow on a tree, but to be the starting center, uh, under center for the Arizona Cardinals in maybe uh, play out his contract. Who knows? Uh, because nowadays you can play yourself out of a contract. But there's a lot of playmaking capabilities that you bring to any given NFL team. But more importantly, it's how you're able to thread that needle, get the ball in position. And I've seen this time and time again with wide receivers and tiny toe taps, being able to keep that ball not only in balance by the tips of their toes, but by the ball and the possession in their hands. And it takes, it, it takes years to really refine 
your skill set. And sometimes it doesn't, but that doesn't happen very often. It takes chemistry, uh, nuances. Um, there are lots of um, ways that you can help benefit yourself inside of the game. Yeah, you could go cry to a referee in regards to defensive pass interference or Maybe it was a sack if you're a quarterback and you're whining about that. You know, there, there, are, there are different things that you can do that can either work for you or work against you. And I think to myself, man, I wonder only if, you know, the shoulda, woulda, couldas come into our mind. And when we think about those certain plays, man, I wish they can get that play back. Well, they can't. They got to either do it all over again, try it on third down, or find a way uh, to – to play that down again in their mind. Maybe they'll have to think about it after the game is done and they have nothing more to talk about. There's nothing more you can think about because you can't turn back time. Once you're done with that play, you either have another down to repeat, maybe try another wheel route on the opposite side, line up differently, maybe a different play call. Look, again, because this isn't about one person winning a game, it could be about one person on a winning drive to help win the game. Again, the word help, win the game. So I think to myself, you know, these, these guys have to have a certain level of athleticism, the grace. Uh, we've seen quarterbacks do this. We've seen wide receivers do it. And it's good to have that chemistry moving forward for both wide receivers as well as quarterbacks uh, throughout football history. Because we know that if it wasn't for Santonio Holmes catching that pass from Ben Roethlisberger, could it have been another receiver? Quite possibly, but that's exactly what it was, was Ben to Santonio, and that was that. And what's more interesting is that you have to think to yourself, throughout any given game, it doesn't matter what, what sport it is, but we're talking about quarterbacks, you cannot play into the hands of officials. You hear this in the NBA all the time. We've seen it in the finals. The more you do that, the less likely you're going to be productive. The less likely that you have the mind space, right? Because mind space equals what? Your ability to make things happen, to finalize that progression, to be done with what you know needs to be done. And when it comes to being a quarterback in the NFL, a lot of guys that I've interviewed, a lot of guys that I've spoken to, uh, were very happy and very fortunate to have played the game and I think to myself, man, this is unreal. You know, how do they get the opportunity? How do they get the chance? Terry Bradshaw, Chuck Knoll didn't have a great relationship from the onset. Um, you know, you look at, at Roger Staubach and, and, and Tom Landry. Uh, do they have it great all the time? No, because this is your head coach. This is your quarterback. And you have to be able to create some type of parallel. Um, not only that, but to be able to feed off one another uh, to make things that much better, not only for your team, uh, but for your working relationship. So going to be interesting to see what 2022 holds for a lot of these starting quarterbacks. Will some of them see the day of light? That remains to be seen literally and figuratively. Will they get an opportunity? Heaven forbid injuries occur, but they do. This is the NFL, and it sometimes can't stand for not for long. So watch the NFL season. Let me know what your thoughts are. This will be posted on the show.com. Uh, I will have the audio portion. Uh, you can go to uh, therudogshow.com, click my RSS feed, check that out. I uh, will be in Las Vegas August 12th, moving forward throughout the uh, entire 2022, maybe 2023 NFL season, talking with Sports Kings Gene Thompson 
uh, in, including that, and of course, on a remote basis, um, you know, we're, we're, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to take place at Virgin Hotel and Casino. So um, stay tuned. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. But I thank everybody for tuning in. I appreciate the love. Share it, like it, love it. This will be posted everywhere. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody have a great evening, and I will see you on Thursday. Thanks. Have a great night.